Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. I want you to notice in the book of Luke, Luke is the author of this particular book. Luke, of course, is the physician. He is also a disciple that was following Jesus in his day. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I pray for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Based on that, I want to talk to you from the topic this morning, faith that does not fail. Everybody say that with me. Faith that does not fail. The word fail is a term used to indicate a lack of success in achieving a particular goal. A synonym for fail is to decline, break down, fall short, miss the mark, or fall through. The opposite of fail is to be fruitful, productive, efficient, to be complete and successful. When it comes to our faith in God and his word, we know that in God there is no failure. God, it is impossible for God to fail. He couldn't fail if he wanted to because in him is in him is his word and his word what causes things to come to pass in my life. God knows his word. It doesn't break down. It doesn't fall short. It doesn't miss the mark. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in his word, they are fruitful. They are effective. It causes us to prosper and be successful when we meditate on his word and observe to do his word. When we know and have faith in God's word, we have faith in him. Why is that? John chapter one and verse one. Let's go there. John chapter one and verse one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So again, in the beginning, in the beginning, the first and the original was what? The word. And the word is the sayings of God, the mandate of God, and the order of God. And the word was with God, and the word was God. So the more that we know about Jesus and his word, the more our faith is built up according to Romans 10 and 17. So let's go over to Romans 10 and 17. So in the beginning was the word. So the more I hear the word, the more I know about Jesus who is the word, according to John 1 and verse 1. Of course, we also read in John 1 and 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as an only begotten, full of mercy, full of grace, and full of truth. So again, Romans 10 and 17 reads as follows. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Again, so then faith comes. In other words, it makes its way to me by what? Hearing, understanding, getting instructions, coming to the ears, my sense of hearing, and hearing by the word of God. One translation reads, faith come by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, you continually hear the word of God. We don't stop because we heard it on Monday or Tuesday, but we continue 
seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We continue to hear the word of God. Notice for Joshua, excuse me, in the Old Testament, the word, we're going to meditate on it day and night. We're not going to take time off from hearing and receiving God's written and revealed word. Our faith increases when we receive or instructions from God through the preaching of his written and revealed word. The greater our faith is in God, the greater our confidence will be in him and his word. We go to Romans 10 and 14, back a few scriptures, and notice what it says. How then shall they, shall they call or, excuse me, call on him in whom they have not believed, whom they have not put their trust in, whom they have not committed their, uh, committed their trust to? If we're going to be at peace enough to call on God, we need to know him on a daily basis and to believe in him. We need to believe in the character of God, that God is all knowing. He is omniscient. He's omnipresent. See, when you know about God, even if you ask God to do something, it don't come as fast as you want. You know who God is. You know who God is. So it don't bother you because he, he, cause his timing is best for our lives. And I appreciate that about God. That's why it, it, if we're, excuse me, it is imperative that we come and hear the preached word so our trust in him will increase, become more evident in how we think, how we talk, how we regulate or adjust our lives. In the second clause of Romans 10 and 14, and how should they believe in him of whom they have not heard, whom they have not given ear to, whom they have don't understand, and how should they hear without a preacher, a person who published or proclaims the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, a good preacher will help us to understand and comprehend the word better. He or she will speak God's word with boldness and authority and, and, and all and, and making sure that the sheep get knowledge and understanding. If I'm going to do my job properly, it's up for me to break the word down so in turn you can get knowledge and you can get understanding. See, the Bible lets us know that we need a sent preacher for this to happen. That's why Romans 10 and 15 reads, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? In other words, they receive divine orders to go and preach. Lord, they're not just sending themselves, but they're going because the Holy Spirit has instructed them to go. We read about how Paul used to go to different regions, and the reason, the reason he was so effective in his ministry was because he was, not only was he sent by the church, but he was sent by God through the church. Notice what it says in the latter part, how beautiful, how flourishing, how successful, and how thriving are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. See, a sent preacher will thrive when the hearers of the word of God will put the word into action. One of my greatest joys is to see individuals such as yourself who operate in the word of God, who, who not only hear the word, but you put the word into action. And, and, and I don't say you're getting it perfect every time, but any t- every time you try it, every time you meditate upon it, every time you walk out by faith and not by sight, it does me good because I know you're taking heed, not to just what I give you, but what I believe the Holy Spirit is giving all of us. And God's word cannot and will not fail based upon scriptures like Joshua 21 and 45. So let's turn to Joshua chapter 21. And verse 45. 
Joshua chapter 21 and verse 45. Not a word of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. Notice what he said. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. So not a word failed. Not one word failed short or wasted away of any good thing which the Lord has spoken or declared or decreed or promised to the house of Israel. All came to pass. I like to put it like this. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of OCC. All came to pass. When he said better is here, better is coming, it came to pass. When he said by his stripes that we are healed, it came to pass. When he says that we're going to prosper and be in hell, even as our soul prosper, it all came to pass. Not just in my life, but in your life as well. I'm talking about that person sitting next to you. The word of God is coming to pass in their life. Joshua lets us know that God's word gives us faith that will not fail. His word will never fall short or waste away or be overthrown. His word will come to pass. Isaiah further reminded us of this in Isaiah 55 and verse 11. Let's go to Isaiah 55 and verse 11. Isaiah 55 and verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It should not return to me void. Again, so shall my word be that goes forth. That word that go, that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's why it says in Matthew, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But notice, every word that proceeds from my mouth, it should not return. Notice was when God sends his word out, it's not going to come back and says that it did not uh, do what he told it to do. It won't come back empty. It won't come back without a cause. In other words, it won't come back without coming to pass. So if God sent healing in your life, let me say this to you. When it, when it come back, it's going to say, he, Dobbs is healed. If it says, amen, that, uh, that, so-and-so is going to prosper. When it come back, so-and-so is going to prosper. If it says that so-and-so is going to be the head and not the tail, when it comes back, hey, mission complete. It don't come back saying I didn't do what I sent it out to do. It says whatever I sent it out to do, when it comes back and reports back to God, he's going to say, hey, God, it's done. See, in fact, if it ain't came back yet, that means it ain't done working in your life. Don't you love what God said? The blessing of the Lord maketh one rich. It can't come back until it make you rich. In every area of your life. It can't come back to God talking about, well, they still poke. Uh-uh. And they can't, they can't lie to God. And say, well, I think they rich. No. Then you got to be rich for that word can come back to your life. That's why God, listen, the enemy don't, will fight you to hear and receive his word. Because when you hear and receive his word, you know it's got to come to pass before it gets back to him. It's going to come, come to pass. When it gets bad. Is he protected? Yes, he is protected. Is he healed? Yes, he is healed. Is he delivered? Yes, he is delivered. Is he prospering? Yes, he is prospering. Whatever he's sending the word out to do, before it gets back to him, it's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. I believe that God's word is going to come to pass. 
Can you imagine going back to God and talking about, oh, I couldn't get it done? It was too hard. There were some individuals tried to stop me. The devil, the devil got in my way. Oh, the word can't, can't, can't come back to God talking about all that. Cause it's the same word that kicked out the devil out of heaven and took a third of the angels with him. And so you know, he said, when we get here on earth, he's still putting, I'm sorry, I can't say that, Kenneth. He's still kicking it. All right, well, y'all. See, this is a promise for us that the Lord's word goes forth from his mouth. It's released with power that will cause it not to return to him empty or without effect. God's word come to affect our lives and make us better. His word causes us to get better, experience better, as well as be better. That's why when the Lord said, not only does his word have staying power, but knows the results, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So God is saying, when I send my word out, it's going to accomplish, it's going to produce, it's going to make, it's going to put things in order that I please, and it shall prosper. It's going to prosper. It's going to advance. It's going to make us succeed in the things for which he sent it. That's why I'm trying to make sure that God sends his word in every area of my life. Because I want his word to be in every area because I know it's going to be better if it gets in there. I, my problem is if I don't get the word in there, it can't get better. Are y'all seeing that? I want the word in every area of my life. Every area. Every area. His word comes forth from his mouth and produces in us, prepares us, and puts our lives in order. Be it our marriages, our single life, our finances, and such like. See, the word is at work accomplishing in us what God has ordained. Not only is it accomplishing greatness in us, it also causing us to prosper, to advance, to make progress, and to succeed. God's word gives us faith that does not fail. That's why we have scriptures like we have. Uh, that's why we have faith walkers in this sanctuary who are walking by faith and not by sight. And listen, I know sight's real. We don't deny sight, but we don't make decisions. We don't operate our lives and we don't govern our lives by sight. We will be, listen, I'd be pulling my hair out if I went by sight. I have to go by what? Faith. I have to trust in God's written and revealed word. We must know and understand when it comes to being consistent faith walkers, we're going to have opposition. We're going to have opposition. Now, I've been telling y'all this ever since we got the thing. We're going to have some opposition. And it's going to be in the form of sight. But we can't, we're not walking by sight. We're walking by faith. And the enemy will oppose us. He'll oppose our family and our friends. He might oppose us through colleagues at work. And sometimes the attack will come from several different ways at the same time. Oh, yeah. Let me say that again. I don't want nobody to get it twisted. Sometimes the attack will come from several different ways at one time. Sometimes you'll be challenging your body and your finances and in your mind all at the same time. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about a real attack too. I'm talking about the pity whack stuff. I'm talking about some stuff that will make you, if you, if you didn't know God, you'd be on through in the tower. But you know who God is and because you know his character, you know, just like, you know, sooner or later, this shall come to pass. The enemy will oppose us because the real opponent who is an opponent of our faith is asking for our faith. 
He's asking for our faith. And it, and it may not be Satan who's asking for our faith to sift us, but it could be a demon spirit that's asking for our faith. I, I, I was looking, when we look at today's text, and of course we've read it, I want you to understand something. Satan asked for Peter, but you never know if a spirit of unforgiveness is asking for you. A spirit of jealousy is asking for you. A spirit of unbelief is asking for you. A spirit of infirmity is asking for you. A spirit of division is asking for you. Whatever it is, understand that the enemy is lurking around. Bible says he's the, the enemy lurking around, looking for whom he can devour. I want you to keep that in mind as we go throughout today's text. Now, we think about scriptures like this. He wants the enemy wants to cause our faith in God to derail, to be of no effect, to cause us to be in a position of not pleasing God. In fact, let's uh, let me give you another scripture. Hebrews 10 and 38. Hebrews 10, chapter 10, verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. Now the just, the righteous ones, those who have the, keep the commandments of God, shall live, shall enjoy life, shall breathe, shall make decisions by faith. So the enemy wants us not to live by faith. So everybody understand this. The enemy, the demon spirits, don't want us to live by faith. Another scripture is Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. For without faith, it is impossible, unable to do it, unable to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. So we're going to believe, we're going to have confidence, we're going to trust that God is who he said he is. Believe that he is. You know, I love the description that that God gave to Moses before he went to uh, the king in the Old Testament. He said, well, God, who should I tell him sent me? Tell him I am sent me. I am sent me. I said, okay, God. I mean, uh, I mean, that's bold right there. I mean, you walk in there talking about, well, what's my name? I am. <laughs> Woo! And notice this. He can bag up everything he said. Now, I would go into the Bible study and take, take y'all to the New Testament where he kept saying, I am to the, to, uh, to the, uh, Jews in that particular day. And I just, just read it and think about I am was just, you know, I am and all that, but it, it's more than just I am. I am. He was, he was speaking to them from his new, his Old Testament position. Amen. Make it tell them, hey, I am the one that was in the Old Testament and I'm the one in the New Testament. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I'm the same God who parted the seas. I'm the same God who caused the locusts and, I'm forgetting out of that. But he is who he said he is. Now, in today's text in Luke 22, 31, boy, this is, this is a lot in this text. I'm going to give you what I believe I need to give you. And we're going to move on and let you get the rest of it. How about that? <laughs> Luke 22 and 31. I want Before we get there, let me set something up for you. In Luke 22, you're going to read, if, when you go back and, if you go back and study it, one of the things that they're doing here, they've had a, uh, the disciples, at some time before this text takes place, they take partake of the communion. They partake of the communion. 
And then sometime after that, they're having a discussion about who's the greatest in the kingdom. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? And so they've had this. They're doing what I would consider disciple activities. Disciple activities. Disciples are together. They've had communion. They have, they have, they have this conversation, sitting around having a conversation about who the greatest and, and so forth. And, and all of a sudden, this is my mind. This is my mind. I don't know exactly how it happened, but Jesus gets Peter, pulls him over to the side. This is my mind. This is how I think I say. He pulled him to the side. And he, and he says, say, I mean, excuse me, Peter, I imagine he put his arm around him. Simon, Simon. That's what, he, that's what was his name now because he hadn't been converted to Peter yet. Simon, Simon. Simon, Simon. Simon, Simon. Richard, Richard. Richard, Richard. Do, do I need to call your name? <laughs> no, Pat, don't call my name. <laughs> Simon, Simon. Indeed. Indeed is an interesting word there. Indeed, one definition of indeed is means to reveal or to see. What you finna show me? What you finna show me, Lord? What you finna show me? I finna get my heart's desire. I finna get, woo! I finna get, I, I finna be the head. I knew we had this big this conversation about who the, who the great, you finna pull me aside and tell me I finna be over these boys, ain't you? I know it. I know it. I know it. You finna tell me something good, ain't you? When I was, um, working for certain people, I mean, working in the, uh, corporate world, I remember, Thinking when they called my name, Mr. Dobbs, for to see in the office. And depending on how my day was going, what I thought about that. <laughs> I'm like, they, do they want something good? Or am I, do I need to go in there with my... <laughs> we said, indeed, I'm going to show you something here. Satan. Satan. Hold on now. This is the wrong way to start the conversation. If you say something like, you know, Lord, you know, I need something different. But Satan has, I want you to notice what he says here. Satan has asked, he has desired of you. I was going to use this other word, demanded, but you can't demand God to do anything. Even though the definition is in there, he desired of him for you that he may sift you as we. Okay. Now, this is a conversation I don't know if I really want to have with the Lord. Okay, so Satan has desire for you that he may sift you. He, he wants to shake you. He wants to inwardly agitate you to the point that you're, he's trying your faith as we. Now, Simon, who we know is Peter later, his name means a rock or a stone. When we think of a rock or a stone, we think about something solid. Peter was one of the disciples, disciples, disciples who was a follower of Jesus, who followed his teaching. He witnessed many miracles of Jesus. He later became an apostle of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He was destined for greatness. He preached the first sermon on the day of Pentecost, one that has changed the lives of so many people. But before he got there, he had an incident that the Lord pulled him aside and said, Simon, Simon, I'm going to show you something. 
And I love that about God because each and every week God pulls us together and he shows us something. Watch what I mean. Watch me here. Don't lose me. Each week he pulls us together and says, I want you to feed your sheep knowledge and understanding. And what in the knowledge and understanding, he's going to show you things to come. Something else he's going to do, he's going to show you what's around you that you didn't know was around you. Because evidently the enemy had been lurking around Peter. And he said, listen, you don't really know this, but the enemy has been lurking around you. Because he desires to sift you. And if you're not careful and you don't understand this, the enemy can be lurking around you and you not even know it. But I thank God what I don't know, God knows. And God is revealing himself to us week in and week out in his word. And he's warning us, hey, it's the enemy lurking around you. Yeah, I know you're doing church things. I know you're studying. I know you're doing Zoom Bible study. But you've got to understand that the enemy is lurking around. He's, he, he could be lurking around your marriage. He could be lurking around your single life. He could be lurking around your finances. He could be lurking around your mind. He could be lurking around in areas of your life. But if you don't stay with God, you may not even know. That the enemy is around you. Because when I looked at that text, I'm saying, well, how did he pick out Peter? What about John? What about Matthew? What about the other disciples? But no, he chose Peter. He chose Peter. But when he chose Peter, oh, let me get out. Let me show you something real quick. Let me show you something real quick. I believe that each week the Lord wants to get to get a clear picture, want us to get a clear picture of what is happening around us. See, we can be moved by sight, as we see in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, which is really not a clear picture as to what is really happening around us. See, if you're always walking by sight and not by faith, you will miss out on the enemy that tries to look around you. Are y'all seeing this? And this was what I was thinking about this. See, in my opinion, Peter was not aware of what was going on around him because it was based on his natural sight. He may have thought everything was going well. He just had communion with the Lord and his other disciples. Just had a discussion about who was the greatest in the kingdom. So he really had no idea in my mind that the enemy was lurking around him. He was lurking around him. And if we're not careful, the enemy can look around our church, our auxiliary, our home, our business, our help, our school, our work, and so forth if we're not careful. That's why God comes each and every week to give us knowledge and understanding. For you can know exactly what's going on around you. Because we don't always know. I wish I could take, I could just drop something on you and say, hey. You can see what's going on, but sometimes God will drill it to us through his word. I like this part, too. Since he had to ask the Lord, since Satan had to ask the Lord for permission before he had any encounter with Peter, that lets me know the Lord knew exactly what was going on before Satan could even ask for Peter. He said, I, I, he asks me for you. 
He had to get permission. And then he said he could only sift you. Now, you know, the devil would do more to sift if he's allowed to. John tells us the thief comes not but both to steal, but to kill and to destroy. He could kill. He wanted, probably wanted to kill, wanted to steal and wanted to destroy. But he could only sift in this particular case. That's what the Bible says. He desires, he wants to sift, he wants to agitate you. He wants to go after your faith. And let me say this to you, I say this for later, but I want to, I want to give this to you now. Faith must be important in order for God to pray for his faith in the next verse. It must be important. Because notice, he didn't pray, he didn't say, I'm, I'm going to protect your health, I'm not going to protect your mind, your money, or whatever. I'm praying that your faith does not fail. I'm praying that your faith does not fail. Satan could not get to Simon unless the Lord allow it. He cannot get to you unless the Lord allows it. And let me say this to you. God will only allow so much to happen to his children. But chances are he will not stop every attack. He won't stop every attack. I wish I could tell you that we could bind up the devil and he would never bother you again. But when you read Texas scripture like this, it lets you know that God will allow the enemy to do so much, but he won't let him go so far. You know, one thing I love about this text, one thing he says is that when you uh, basically when you get finished strengthening your brother. So he knew that Peter was going to come out on the other end or Simon, I should say, was going to come out on the end. But see, only the Lord can make a declaration like that because he knows that according to Romans 8 and 28, all things are going to work together for your good because you love God and you're called according to his purpose. Only way he can know that is that he's God. He's God and he knows how you're going to come out on the other side. I thank you, Lord, that you know how I'm going to come out on the other side. I may not like the enemy wanting to sift me. I may not like demon spirits want to, want to uh, deal with me in unbelief or hatred or whatever. But you know I'm going to come out on the other side. Oh, I like that, God. See, faith walkers know that whatever they go through because of who they are related to and who they have their relationship with and who they trust, they're going to come out on the other side. I'm not saying they're not going to go through anything. You know, it doesn't say specifically what Peter went through. I know there's several different things they talk about. But I believe truly that God divinely protected him through the process. I wonder how many times has God divinely protected us from the demand or the desire of the devil on our lives or limited his attack. The enemy can only do so much, y'all. I know that it's not easy, but understand this. The enemy can only do so much. Satan had a demand on Peter's life for a specific purpose. He wanted to sift him as weak. The Lord told Peter, the Lord told Peter what Satan wanted to do was sift him, shake him, inward agitate him, inward agitate to try his faith to the verge of overthrowing him like we can you imagine the Lord telling you you're going to be sifted or shaken to the point that it will agitate your inward being, but it's not going to work or be. But this, excuse me, but this is going to be beneficial to you. This is going to be good for you. 
Now, only God could do something like that. Only God could take the sifting of the enemy and work it for your good. Because the same Peter that we read about was the same Peter. Listen, now he went through some changes. Now, don't get me wrong. But on the day of Pentecost, he was ready. He was ready to preach the gospel. And if we um, for continue, as we use one of our, our former themes, follow our omniscient God, we'll be ready when our time comes. Oh, thank you, Lord, for getting us ready. See, one reason a faith warrior can continue to move forward despite what life throws at them is because the Lord has their back. He has their back. What did he do? He prayed for us. He made supplication for us. He did something uh, earnest and humbly for us. See, but I pray for you, Luke 22 and 32. I pray for you that your faith, your faith, your faith. Notice what he says. I pray that your faith, your trust in me, your belief in me, your conviction in me, your assurance in God's written and revealed word should not fail, should not quit, should not leave, should not stop, should not cease. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brother. He prayed for us. I I appreciate the fact that y'all pray for me, but I'm so grateful that God prays for me. You know why? Because he knows what I need to get through the sifting in my life. He knows what I need whenever the enemy comes my way. Now, should we pray? Yes. Should we pray for one another? Yes. That's the latter part of that text. But the thing we need to understand is that God is praying that we should not fail. Thank God he does. And the thing I I love about it, he knows exactly what we need. Listen, but Peter, I'm praying that your faith don't fail. I'm praying that you continue to trust in me while you're going through. I'm praying that your conviction and confidence should not fail. It don't quit. It don't leave. It don't stop. It don't cease. The Lord's prayer for Peter, whatever Satan took Peter through in the sifting, is that Peter's conviction in what God said would not cease so that Peter would not stop believing. I'm telling us this morning that whatever we're dealing with in life, that whatever we're dealing with, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, our faith, our trust, our confidence shall not cease. We should not stop believing God. We can't stop believing God. We're living in a time where we need faith that does not fail. We live in a time where we need faith that does not fail. Life will hand you some things. It will show you some things, but your faith should not fail. Now, I wish I could pray that you don't get sifted. I pray. I wish I could pray that you don't deal with certain things in life. But the reality is, if Peter dealt with it, and listen, Satan came after Peter, y'all. This was not no uh, ordinary demon spirit that came after. It was Satan himself. And I thought about this and I'm thinking, he came after Peter. Satan normally doesn't come after individuals like, like you see here in this text. But we know that demon spirits will come after people. Demon spirits will try to come after us as believers. But we understand 
that the Lord pray for us that our faith should not fail. I like that. I like that. Notice the effect of God's word on Peter and on us in the latter part of Luke 22 and 32. And when you have returned, you're converted. You turn back to the love of the one true God and worship to me. Notice you return. He knew that Peter was going to return. He knew that whatever Peter went through. Now, let me say this to you. Later on, Peter would cut somebody's ear off. Later on, Peter would cut some people out. But he returned each and every time. That's good news to me. Because when I mess up, I got an avenue to return. I can repent of what I've done wrong. Now, does it give me an excuse to do wrong? No. Shall we continue in sin? Shall we continue in sin? Uh, no. God forbid. But we can repent of what we've done wrong and return back. And let me say this to you. If you live long enough, you're going to have to return back. You have to return back. But one thing about it, when you return back, you should be strengthened. You should be stable. You should be more firmer than what you did work before you went through it. You should be stable and made firm because he says this, strengthen your brother. It's hard to strengthen somebody if you're not strengthening yourself. It's hard to call somebody to be firm if you're not firm yourself. See, faith that will not fail will cause us to return back to God and worship him in spirit and in truth, as well as cause us to go and strengthen others so that we can return and worship him all together. See, one thing about it, I believe God wanted all of us to be in the position that we are strengthening one another. We're strengthening one another. It, it's not just one person doing it, but it is a corporate body of believers that's strengthening one another. If anyone knows how to pray, it is the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! He prayed, he prayed that your faith should not fail. It was seen that Peter had his attention. Uh, I'll read this thing. I want to go back and just get something to your almost forgot. Thank you, Lord. Peter, let me say what Peter went through. It was nothing wrong, in my opinion, in what Peter was doing. And see, sometimes we try to think that people are doing stuff wrong in order to go through some of the things they go through. But remember now, when you read, well, excuse me, if you read before, if you read before, or when you read before, you're going to see Peter, they were doing just disciple activities. I don't really think that Peter was doing anything necessarily wrong in order to, for Satan to ask for him. I don't. And so sometimes you may think you're doing something wrong. And you say, why am I going through this, that, and the other? Sometimes it's not just, it's just the fact that God wants to strengthen you. And you cannot say, I'm skipping the test today. I want to skip this test. I don't like this test. This test is too hard for me. Some tests you have to just go through. Peter had to go through, but he went through, in my opinion, as a faith walker. Now, he didn't come out just like that, but in the end, he was a faith walker. And I truly believe, as you continue to walk by faith and not by sight, you will be a faith walker. You will be a faith walker. 
Again, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you his way. But I pray for you, Peter. I pray for you, OCC. Listen, you may deal with some stuff with your natural sight. But remember, God has got your back. God has your back. He has your back. I mean, whatever you're dealing with, family, he's got your back. Finances, he's got your back. See, this, and you got to believe that, and you have to stand upon that, just like he gave us his word in the earlier part of this message, his word should not return back to him void, but it accomplished everything he sent it out to do. And if God says that you're going to be a faith walker, that's it. That's it. That means God is working on you right now, being a faith walker, despite what you see. And you can be in the midst of the church, in the midst of believers, doing Disciple activities and still have to deal with certain issues. Well, Pastor Dobbs, I, I must have did something wrong. Why am I dealing with something like this? You don't know who out there lurking saying, hey, can I have Dobbs? Can I have, can I have, can I have? And, and notice what the Lord, I wish the Lord would have said, no, you can't have him. No, what did the Lord say? You can have. I'm gonna pray that his faith fell him. Even when Job went through what he went through, and Satan came up to to God and said, "Hey, have you considered your servant Job? Job, I don't know what Job was doing wrong, but Job went through a horrible trial. I wish I'm glad I wasn't Job going through something that was horrible." He said, all right, you can, you can touch him, but you can't take his life. What do you mean he can touch him? See, that, that, that loving God will allow you to go through stuff. Evidently so. Because Job went through, but Job came through better. Peter went through, but he came through better. But they all had to go through. Let me say this to you, my brothers and muscles. I know this ain't a mess you want to say, hoo, 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 hoo. But this will keep us safe when, when the trials of life come our way. This will keep us following Jesus when, it, when things head our way. Your faith shall not fail. Your faith shall not fail. I want, I want things to be better. They're going to be better, but your faith shall not fail. Oh, I wish my body was, was feeling better. Your faith shall not fail. One last scripture, First John 5 and 4. First John 5 and 4. I believe the same goes for all of us. Our faith will be to the point that what's going on around us, our families, our finances, our school, our relationships, our church, and so forth. One important point before I go to 1 John 5 and 4, I want you to really understand. Peter, from what I can understand, did not, under, did not know that Satan was lurking around him. Looking. I don't think Peter knew. But I do know this. God knew. And this is what we need to know. You don't know the, what enemy is trying to look around you. Watching your every move. Watching you give. 
watching you come to church, watching you pray, watching you do whatever you do for the kingdom of God. You don't know what enemies out there lurking around you, but God does. And he's praying that your faith shall not fail. Shall not fail. And again, we go back to what we talked about in Romans 10, 14 through 17. Faith come by hearing and hear about the word of God. How can they preach without a preacher? As I give you the instructions, the oil or the, the sayings of God, the Holy Spirit reveals to you, hey, in this area, you need to pray. In this area, you need to watch the enemy. In this area, you need to do this, that, and the other. And while you're doing that, your faith shall not fail. Because you're not looking at sight, you're looking at faith. This is good news for all of us. Because if God is warning us, and it, see, one thing the enemy want to do, anybody that's been in any kind of war and combat knows this, he want to sneak up on you. But what God does, he exposes the enemy. Turn the light on him. And if, you, if that ain't nothing to get happy about, I don't know what is. Because once he turned the light on him, the enemy cannot jump on you. That's all. It's just you. Mm-hmm. I knew you were coming because God warned me that you were coming. Woo! I knew you were coming. Yeah, I knew you were coming after my marriage. Yeah, I knew you were coming after my finances. Yeah, I knew you was coming after my health. Yeah, I knew you was coming after my school. Yeah, I knew you was coming. But God exposed you. And now I see you coming. Woo! And God said, your faith shall not fail. Thank you for warning us, God. God loved me enough to warn me. Now, when you warn, it's up to you what you're going to do with it. What you're going to do with it? Well, you know, I'm going to keep coming back in this word. Because this word is not going to return back to him void. It's going to accomplish everything he sent out to do. So I'm going to keep coming back in his instructions. I'm going to come get back his instructions. Okay, God, what are you going to do here? What are you going to do here? Oh, okay. And then I'm going to end up with 1 John 5 and 4. First John 5 and 4 basically says this, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our what? Faith. Our trust, our confidence, our belief in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is what a faith walker does. They, they deal with all types of challenges in their life, whether personally or publicly. They continue to have faith and assurance in God's Written and revealed word. Hallelujah. Woo! And this will help us to see what's around us, both spiritually and naturally, and give us the victory in our lives. Thank God for our faith that does not fail. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.